set up to join the picket lines, but together we cannot file. We got stopped by police at the county line, and said, get yourself home, or you're going to jail. Which side are you on? 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 It's hard to explain to a crying child why her mummy won't go back. So the family suffer, but it hurts me more to hear a scab say, Sod you, Jack. Which side are you on? 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 Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to the last Eighth Note Sessions. I'm Devin Mullen. I'm Mike Shamil. And I'm Michael Farrow. And uh, today we're just going to be kind of putting a, a cap on this project. <laughs> we, got some, uh, we got some cool footage. We've uh, got some word salad. We got some word salad. <laughs> we, we got some laughs along the way. Oh, gee. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're going to start things off a little bit. Um, Prior to uh, today's taping, we had stopped down at um, the Elmwood Avenue Starbucks where the picket was happening. Um, for those of you that don't know um, and somehow may have stumbled across this show, um, right now there is a, um, a movement of unionization happening. And especially for Starbucks, a lot of it, the epicenter is Buffalo. And the Elmwood Avenue store um, was actively dealing with some issues with management and they had to go on strike. And we went down there to support. And in addition to us being there, um, an artist who finds this stuff very important, Billy Bragg, also took some time on his way to Toronto to stop down, uh, share some words and some performances. and. Uh, before we get into that, we're going to show you some interviews um, with our friends who were also down there, starting with Marty Borton. So, is this your first time seeing Billy? Or? No, it's probably six or eight. Six or eight. What did you think about this? Oh, this is awesome. Right. Um, actually, I think the first time I saw him was opening for the Smiths in Toronto in and he's going back 1980 to something. Yeah. So beautiful. Well, folks, uh, this has been kind of an impromptu gonzo. We ambushed Billy Bragg. We got him to answer a couple questions. He was very gracious about that. Wonderful energy here at uh, the Starbucks picket line. Uh, we're going to be seeing if we can talk to some organizers in a couple minutes, and stay tuned. All right. At this event, we have former 8th Note Sessions guest and ethnomusicologist Sally Schaefer. Sally, what did you think of the event? Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. I'm a big Billy Bragg fan, and I literally I follow his social media, but I didn't know he was going to be like, I didn't even know he had a U.S. tour because he's usually in the U.K., like a lot of his tours. And I saw he was coming here and then he was coming to Buffalo for an event. And I was like, this is amazing because I know these are all the songs that I love. He's going to do all the union songs and it's just great to have everyone come out. Yeah. I, the energy was absolutely electric. And if we turn here, we got another former 8th Note Sessions guest, Michael Farrell. Hey, how you doing? What you think of today? I thought it was amazing to see so many people out and hearing everybody sing Solidarity Forever, like, loud with Billy Bragg. That was crazy. Is she playing your guitar? 
Yes, he was playing my guitar. Um, I got a text from Seamus like, hey, they need a guitar, quick. And I'm like, okay, it's for Billy Bragg. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mike, so how did that all happen that, you know, you end up lending your guitar to Billy? Like, tell us, tell us the setup to this whole story. So I was um, not planning on going um, to the, um, the strike um, because I was busy and I got a message from Seamus, um, Slow Roll fame, um, and he said, hey, do you have a guitar? And I'm like, yeah. Well, Billy Bragg needs to use it. I'm like, okay. So, um, yeah, it was not on my bucket list of things that would ever happen, but it was it was nice to be able to stand in solidarity with workers. I, I, I like the the politicism of that because you've always been such a, a strong vocal advocate for workers and the the plight of the working class in this country. So I, to, that's because I am one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, just to have someone like Billy Bragg, who that's really his meat and potatoes as an yeah. artist pretty cool and someday he'll be able to tell his friends hey i played mike mcfarrow's guitar yeah. i played his guitar he let me borrow that isn't that fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um <laughs> he'd be like never take me to buffalo again that sucks <laughs> no but it was it was really it was nice to be feel like you're a part of the community especially people uniting together against you know corporate greed so yeah, and, and speaking about uh, running into members of the community, um, we also ran into India Walton, and uh, let's hear from her for a moment. Very happy to see you here. How are you? I I'm very well. How are you? Good. Happy to be here. Beautiful. Um, what, what do you think of this? Um, I think it's both invigorating and exciting and also a damn shame. Um, <laughs> they won this union vote fair and square, and Starbucks has not only responsibility but a legal obligation to bargain with them in faith and not make working conditions so difficult that they're unable to come and earn a living. So I think that their response to um, the administration and the management of this company is more than appropriate, and I want to see it spread throughout all of the city of Buffalo and the region and the country. And, um, you know, we have to hit them where it hurts, and that's in their pockets. I, I always love talking to you because you're such a beautiful advocate for, you know, the working class, for the common man, for common people. Uh, so happy to see you still out, you know, doing your thing. Thank you. Of course. I really enjoy India Walton. Every time she answers something, it's in a way that is very compassionate and loving and open, but firm. Um, so I'm still disappointed that she's not our mayor, but um, I know that she's going to be an advocate for the community and city of Buffalo. She's always going to be a voice for, for generations to come, no doubt. Yeah, I think even though that she's you know not won the mayoral race in the end, I think that um, she's not going to just disappear into the fabric. I think she's going to definitely continue to to make some pushes, and and we need more people like that in our community that you know like push for things, even even if they run against some really awful odds, that they just keep going and um, keep bringing others along. And um, the first time we had interviewed India on this show, um, I was really impressed. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and we, we did try to interview Brian too, but he 
just never got back to us. He snubbed us. I mean, and that's why he lost the primary. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because he wasn't on the eighth of session. He's gonna this is gonna be the first episode that he actually watches, and he's gonna be like, Who the hell are these bastards? (laughs) Going through the the voicemail box and everything. Yeah. Delete. He's like, I'm glad this was canceled it it i would have made sure it was canceled if it yeah. wasn't already we uh, uh we had some other uh interesting conversations that day too uh i got a chance to talk with uh one of the organizers yes uh, al al yeah let's Watch listen that. to what al has to say hi hi al thanks for joining us of course so pretty electric yeah, this was, I think, the biggest turnout we could probably fathom. Um, it kind of blew up overnight. Buffalo News posted an article about Billy Bragg coming out, and we've had support from local people within the Elmwood Village and Buffalo come support us on days, but today it really exploded, and we have a huge turnout, a lot of support, and I think people just really want to show their support for us and our union, though it's been a year, we're still fighting tooth and nail, and we're not going to give up, and it's nice to be able to have a community around us that supports us so, like, hard, and won't give up with us. So, is it safe to say, especially with events like this, and uh, the support of, you know, legendary labor allies like Billy Bragg, are you maintaining a sense of optimism about the future? Yes, a bright future for sure. None of us have given up hope. We're not going to. We're going to keep fighting this until we sit at the bargaining table. We get that contract we deserve. We kind of just show Howard that we're partners. That's what he labeled us as. We want to be partners within this company. We want to have a voice. We're not just workers that he can exploit at his own will. We want to be able to be a part of Starbucks. And, and essentially just have a basic quality of life. Exactly. Right. So how can folks who are not directly involved with Starbucks, how can they show their support for the union? Um, definitely on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Starbucks Workers United. TikTok, follow us there. We do updates. We have a website link to all of those as well. Where you can get news feeds of updates of what's going on with the union, not only in Buffalo, but nation and worldwide. We're all connected through Workers United. And um, if you're in a town with a, un- with a unionized Starbucks, go show them support. Show those baristas that you care and you wanna support them. If they go on strike, go out like we all did today and stand on the line with them and don't give up hope. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Um, What's essential reading for you to be a good ally to the labor movement these days? Uh, Because uh, if we're gonna have a society which is cohesive, if we're gonna have a society in which the gap between the rich closes, if we're gonna have a society where people can find a work-life balance, People use, need to have some agency in the workplace to be, able, to, be, to, be, to be able to bargain for pay and conditions. Absolutely crucial. Beautiful. I grew up on uh, Back to Basics. One last question. Um, are you maintaining a sense of optimism about the progression of the union movement in this country these days? Because we're seeing an ascension of the far right. Uh, does stuff like this give you hope? See the age of these people? Yeah. That's what gives me hope, mate. That's what gives me hope. You know, when I started, I was their age and Pete Seeger was my age. Carry it on, mate. Carry it on. Thank you. Thank you. So in addition to um, the words he said on um, needing to have agency, um, he kind of clarifies a little bit more in his uh, performance and, and, you know, one of his little speeches in between his songs. But the thing that really stuck out is when he had said, music has no agency. It cannot change the world. 
The job of changing the world is not the job of the artist. The job of changing the world is the job of the people. And to organise, to come together, to make that difference. But what music does do, what music can do, is make you believe that the world can change. And that's the key role that music plays. Yeah, I think personally, as a person that writes music about struggle, I always felt like I wasn't doing enough organizing to go with it. And it was very, it validated a lot of my feelings about making the art is that I'm not necessarily doing the organizing, but I am creating something which community can build around. And I, I think that's, you know, that's sort of where the rubber hits the road. It needs to be a multifaceted approach to societal change. You know, I, I think there's a tendency um, for the socially conscious artist to bear the weight of the world on their shoulders when they're creating. But that's not the point. You're just supposed to put it in a crate so someone can take it elsewhere. You know, I like that phrase, too, because, yeah. uh, you know, we often hear like the kind of more Disney approach of music of music and love can change the world you know like somehow like you write a song and you know all the notes like swirl into like a humanoid form and start doing things for you it, it really doesn't it doesn't work that way i mean it's it's great optics it looks nice it sounds nice to to talk about things but at the end of the day like you know you can't expect you know like one musician to and their song to to make everything suddenly better like oh we all listened to that song and we had a kumbaya moment and now we all feel great and everything's better it it, it just doesn't work that way it it takes everyone actually like getting off their butts and putting down their their phone and, and instead of just tweeting about something or posting about something actually going out and taking some time out of their day and it's easier said than done I can't write those like everything's going to be all right. Like I can't write it. We are the world. Like I couldn't write. <laughs> I could not write that song. Like I don't even know how to approach it. Um, I think a lot of the mu music that was politically conscious that I listened to gave me the feeling of I wasn't alone less than solutions or ways to fix the problem. Yeah. Um, it's more like, here's how we're going to cope with the issue. And you're not alone in seeing this issue is really for me. Yeah. And I'm, it's, it's just wonderful to see uh, some, some basic idea of that existing in, in the old guard for music. Um, my, my big takeaway from speaking with Billy uh, uh, was just that there is a new generation coming up and you know it might be the same old problems with a different coat of paint but young folks ain't just rolling over and getting stomped on and i don't know that that might have to be good enough i don't know if that's hopeful but it's yeah, i mean it's tempered hope yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i mean we're, we're just getting by the the best best way we can yeah and hope yeah. it doesn't come crumbling like a house of cards yeah no so speaking of that, our final episode. <laughs> um, so I, what happened? Yeah, uh, I think I think the this program ran ran its course. I think it it filled a niche that needed to be filled for the time that it was filled. Um, we we started this all as uh, a COVID project. Yeah, really. We, we were tasked with creating an MTV-style array of programming, but... Uh, it, and it quickly changed from that. I mean, we realized, like, right off the bat that while it was kind of a neat idea, it 
really didn't provide much value. So we like immediately threw that idea out and we're like, all right, let's see what we can do that hopefully would provide some value. And, and I hope this show has for somebody. Um, as, as it turns out, musicians uh, offstage, they have incredible stories. They do. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that was sort of the, the joy of working on this project was really learning about lived-in experiences outside of my own, which I, I certainly needed. I think most people can benefit from that. You don't need to travel to Prague. Just talk to your neighbor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Live up to the city of good neighbors name and, you know, find out, okay, like what's really eating you. Mm. <laughs> Farrell, I asked you to, to join us uh, for this this last episode, not only because you helped uh, really sort of guide our, our principles for interviewing and, and where we were looking, Aww. but but you, you started the show You've been a big advisor us, to so. us. Yeah. And we, I think, you know, I got to stop and say like, thank you, Mike. Oh, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> um, Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I felt like it was more conversational just being, you know, good friends. Yeah. Um, less like, let me help guide something. It was more just talking with friends about, you know, the music scene and what we can talk about. Well, that's a beautiful thing about friendship. It doesn't have to be a mentor, mentee kind of thing. It's just, just friends. Yes. <laughs> so I've, I mean, everybody that, that we've interviewed on this show and I, I know me, I know you and, and everybody um, has experienced a lot of growth despite everything. I wanted to get a sense of how, how your music has changed in, in these past few years uh, since lockdown began. So musically, I think my biggest change is that I've inserted hope. Um, not necessarily that hope is really going to happen. Um, uh, it's a, I'm going to butcher an Octavia Butler quote about um, all activism is um, science fiction. All of the things that we're trying to create for a future doesn't exist yet. Um, and so I've been doing a lot more dreaming and a lot more adding hope to songs where I normally would just say, look, everything is crappy. Like we should do something about it. And now I'm more like everything is crappy, but we will figure out a way to do something about it. Um, I think that as humans, when there's a problem, we eventually will solve it. We might go all the way around in the most dumb <laughs> way possible, but eventually we'll solve it. Do you think that hope is sort of like a, the beginnings of like a breadcrumb trail? It's like, I'm not sure where this goes yet, but I know that like we have to start picking a direction kind of thing. Hope is a position. It's, it's where you stand. Um, it's not the circumstance. Um, it's not, you might not have any way to change your circumstance and it might not get better, but a position of hope is saying, I will focus my energy in a way where something could go right. So versus like, you know, wishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it, that's, that's something that's completely different. You know, wishing is, is kind of, you know, wanting something to happen, just, just happen, you know, just, just do it for me, you know, but, um, you know, I'm not willing to put any effort in though. <laughs> yeah. Can it just do it itself already? <laughs> hope does cost. Yeah. Yeah. Hope does uh, cost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We, 
we've always had a obviously our main our bread and butter is music but we've had a, a real attempt to have thoughtful conversations on uh the you know the the real issues or, or whatever no, whatever. Whatever, whatever that what means. What do the kids call it these days? <laughs> we, we, I don't know. I'm over 30. <laughs> early on before, you know, the Buffalo News picked up on it or a lot of more mainstream publications are picking up on it locally, we discussed things like the profound degree of segregation in the music scene. Um, we, we talked about socioeconomics and, you know, didn't necessarily provide solutions to these things. But it at least seemed to to bring it more into a, a, a conversational space. Do you feel like, as far as that goes, things have gotten a little more momentum? Um, so positionality. Hope is a position. Hope is a position. Okay. So the hopeful thing is that we are now talking about uh, some of these issues in a more productive way. Um, the hard part is still that disconnect between what we're trying to get done and the reality of the economics of the situation. Like if there's no venues, it's really hard to put artists into those venues and you can't develop an audience without a venue for them to like, it's all laid on top of each other. And so, yeah, it's not necessarily gotten better. Um, but I think that people are now positioning themselves in a way that if there is an opportunity that we'll be able to take, yeah, to seize it. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, you kind of, uh, sparked my brain for a moment when, you know, mentioning the, the sort of puzzle of starting with a venue and then opening up to different types of artists and that then the people will follow. You're right about that because, you know, without that, without that crucial piece, you know, think of the venue almost as like a foundation. Um, without that happening, we really can't make all the other stuff, you know, interesting, at least in the scope of, of the music work. scene. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, some people can go and point at online stuff and be like, well, why can't you just do everything on Twitch? It's like, well, you can do some stuff on Twitch. Sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, an online community doesn't do as much as your actual community. Um, and the human experience, I think, still needs your actual community, your your community. You know, the online stuff, sure, it's got its place. It's, I think it's supplemental, but because um, you can make all sorts of cases of, you know, oh, well, you know, all these people got together and donated to this cause and so on and so forth. That's cool, but... Um, at the end of the day, you know, when you're going through something, um, you know, or something happens in your community, it, it takes people in person to actually improve each other's lives. That part. Yeah. One of the, uh, musically, one of the biggest causes for optimism for me is, uh, spot right now. Spud I, is, is kicking butt. I, I look at like who goes to their shows. So many different age groups, uh, so many different, you know, sexual gender identities. Uh, it's it's pan-racial and it, the energy's high, the enthusiasm's high. And and the music, what, what they, they sing about, it's 
I mean, real. It's super real. Yeah, it, it's it's stuff that I think people find a lot of resonance in. I remember meeting Spud through my computer screen. Like that was the during first interaction. Days. Yeah, yep. and. I think it's really funny, like how it developed, even their songwriting from beginning to now. It's it's just one of my like one of the things that brings my heart so much joy is watching other people be successful. Like I don't understand people that get jealous or envy or like weird about other people being successful. I'm yeah, like, like if- oh my gosh, they're doing awesome. Like yeah, um, and yeah, they're just kicking butt, and I I live for it. If if we had you know fifteen more spuds, we'd we'd have something truly remarkable. I think uh, I couldn't do it. No, no, not too, no, no, no. Work your butts off. Um, going going forward, I mean, there's going to be somewhat somewhat of a vacuum for for commentary on on music. I mean, there there are going to be podcasts. There are going to be bits of music journalism. But the, the music industry right now is, it's really in a transitional state. Yeah. And the the cultural voice, the, there's not a central pillar to how people talk about things. I'm, I'm really curious where it all comes together again and coalesces and, and we have this sort of common cultural touchstone that we, we recognize as our own. I think it starts with like the Spotify's and the Apple Music's all imploding. Yeah, that that would be really nice. I would love for them to all employ, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon. I think I think it I think it'll happen similar to um, like the current uh, pending implosion of social media because a lot of these companies, not so much Apple, but like the Spotify's and and titles, you know, they're all riding off the, like the high of all this like venture capital and all this money. They're kind of scrounging up and mass from all these places. But, you know, it's ironic because while all the executives and all those, you know, people at the very top are making a hand over foot, the companies themselves are like, like on, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> like on fumes and it's crazy because they've like sucked the wind out of so much of all of our music and yet they're still uh, like on the precipice of collapse at any moment. And I'm just kind of like, come on come on almost there because i i don't see those services as any way shape or form beneficial to mankind or music or art oh no social media needs to come down i i'm glad that it's dying um and also sad that it's dying um the sadness is that because social media is just an advertisement company as an artist who makes things, it's nice to be on a platform that sells things. Um, but now people aren't on that platform. So I'm not selling to, I'm selling to bots. Like it doesn't make any sense for me to invest in spending money on an advertisement on Facebook or an advertisement. So now all of a sudden, I don't know how to get in touch with my audience, send them an email, phone call them, text them. Like, I, I don't kn- know the process of putting it in a newspaper. Who's reading newspapers? Right. Are you, you going to share the article? Like, right. there's an entire, we've created an entire infrastructure for social media being the glue to the social interactions. And as it falls apart, everyone's kind of like, what do we do now? 
Right. Do we go back to like sticking a little posters above the urinal at the pink? I'm not sure. You know? I mean, to, to some extent, yeah. Like, to absolutely keep with uh, the more, you know, decorate the space. Make it something that's... <laughs> Are you still talking about the urinal at the pink? <laughs> <laughs> the, the urinal at the pink is, is, is metaphor. I mean, whether it's... Uh, as, metaphor. as metaphor, yes. You know, well, whether it's a live post or something. I mean, the... The, the street this is turning into that, a shit post. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. serious though. The the street space that people walk, the windows of the businesses that that line this, the the very architecture and infrastructure of Buffalo we should be living and breathing music and art. Yes. It should be you know all walls should have murals on them because I mean the talents there, the the artistic visit, visionary uh, quality is there. Um, I think a lot of you know what what is wrong with social media and what is wrong with streaming services is the the same thing that's wrong with sports franchises and the same thing that's wrong with uh you know where are you going chain, chain fran- well it's it's this <laughs> model of unlimited and rapid growth in all things at all times you know there's never a sense that we need to reinforce what we got and make it strong and able to stand on itself it's we got to be tapping into new markets constantly we have to be casting as wide a net as possible instead of making sure the water we're casting in actually has fish in it sort of thing um as far as like what a musician's role is in life a lot of life and a lot of actually getting stuff done is just boredom it's mundane it's not fun it's not satisfying and there needs to be some value in that. We're we're always chasing that next head of dopamine, that next little brief flash of satisfaction. But that that's not what life's about. And that's that's not what our ambitions really should be if we want to get something productive done. Well, and there's some irony too of like all these platforms that are supposed to connect us mm-hmm. and they've done the absolute opposite. We spend more time isolated from our next door neighbors and it's crazy how it like sort of has addicted all of us and um you know now as we watch a lot of this stuff you know falling apart with you know twitter going off the rails and but it's so fun oh, like, oh it's yeah, great the price, watching the price yeah. of insulin is oh man and all that. Yeah. watching watching t- twitter like implode on itself is in the, in the span of two weeks, I mean, it's it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I hope for honestly more of that stuff going away because you know I'm not sure what's next for for us. You know, I don't. I I would like to see more of you know like the community happening, and what I mean by that is like you know more people actually like not just going out to the bars. I mean, I love going out to the bars. We practically as musicians live in them. But there are all these community spaces like, you know, the like the Ukrainian halls and, you know, the, the local churches and the other groups and things used to all kind of flourish and people knew their neighbors and looked out for each other. We're all like a society of roaming renters now. And I don't know. I don't think we can we're in a position to go back to those kinds of ways of doing things. I'm trying to figure out how do we do that? you know, and the sort of the, with the tools that we're going to have. I, I mean, see, I just, I just think that we can't go back. We can't go back to the way it was. Right. Because we don't have the 
infrastructure of the past. Like yeah. we don't have the newspapers everywhere. We don't have the like the town meeting hall kind of thing anymore. And it moved online. And so now that it's also falling apart, it's this lack. And I think we'll when it's not there, people will find it and they'll make it. I just don't, know don't have any idea where it's going to be. And honestly, I'm slightly fearful that it's going to be uniting behind stupid things. Um, well, certainly. Beanie babies for all. <laughs> if that's if that's as bad as it got, that that'd be a best case I scenario. Know, thinking. No, I mean well well we're headed we're headed into either a recession or a depression. I mean that's that's a state of things. Oh, and yeah. and, I, and I don't and I don't even think that's like a financial thing. I think culturally the where we place ourselves because right right now if you're online you can not literally but you can have a sense that oh yeah part of my mind lives in in seoul south korea you know i watch lots of videos on the street foods there and i see i see what it is to see the people living there walking around i hear the chatter i see the birds i see how the food's made and when you can connect to food you connect to culture it's an illusion it's bullshit but you take that away and people are going to actually have to look a, like around them and actually just see what is within walking distance and driving That's distance. fucking terrifying. Um, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Why <laughs> South Korea? I'm, I'm just, I want to, I want to break this down. Be, be, well, cause uh, <laughs> have you been like watching like bean bean bop preparation videos? <laughs> is, is, I this I TikTok? is this what you do? <laughs> I definitely watch street food preparation videos in South Korea yes. because we don't have a thriving street food culture here. I would love that. It's part you of know? the new Robert Agulski segments where he sits in front of a large TV, puts a GoPro behind him. And he just kind of simulates no. walking through, so, but he's, it's really someone else's walk around video, but you know, he reacts. It's, it's a Gulski reacts to walkthroughs. Wow. Very much. Very, very deep. <laughs> oh yeah. Super deep. <laughs> wow. Oh, no, I, I think it's really, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta get your own house in order before you can meaningfully address things in your backyard. You know? Yeah. And right now our house ain't in order. I mean, we, we can, it's, it's just not, we, we can, we can talk about things like, you know, Buffalo pride, or we can go on, uh, about how great our, our sports teams are. But after that, we have I'm, wings. I'm, I'm left wanting There's wings. I, I, pizza. I, I want more than that. I want more than food. I want more than sports. I want more than, uh, this pool of incredibly talented incredibly thoughtful artists just struggling to get by day to day that's what i want but we have a nice shiny stadium on the way and and the you know i mean if, if we're going to take yeah. a big swing and this is our last episode i mean the the pagulas they just made no <laughs> i mean i mean they're they're some of the richest individuals yeah. in the world and you and me are paying for that stadium yeah so you know, un until stuff like that just stops, I, you know, it's just going to keep getting. I mean, yeah, the, the solution is ending capitalism and all of its ho horribleness, but um, that doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. No. So I don't know what hope looks like when it comes to the music scene in Buffalo or how we're going to interact with one another. Like social media is the platform. So 
I, think I guess everyone go out and make a friend and hang out with them. And keep <laughs> an eye out for my advertisements above the urinals in all the local bars because I will be advertising what we do next. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it, it, it just looks like this. People just either sharing in their suffering or... Well, but this is labor. It required work. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if the convenience of social media has made us forget that friendships require so much work. I think we want them to be as effortless as like sending a message over a thing and like laughing at a shared moment in a meme where real friendship requires someone setting up the cameras and the lights and the microphones it requires, you know, people unlocking doors and being there. Like, it requires a lot more. And since we're working four jobs, it's, it's, it's just really difficult because hyper-isolation kills people. Um, and so it's, it's a serious public health issue. Um, and there's got to be some way out of this mess. There has to be. There, there, has there, to there be. just has to be. Start thinking. Look for the look for the exit door. Yeah, if you if to no. the viewers at home. No, 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 I didn't mean it like that. I did not mean it like that. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> look for the solution. Constant don't, warning. Don't listen. Don't listen to the guy whose podcast is canceled. <laughs> Content warning. Okay. Yeah, seriously. Oh boy. I don't know. <laughs> so, Farrell, what, what you got coming up musically? You got any gigs coming um, up? So, uh, the band is on a grind. So, that means we have Jackrabbit gigs, 42 North gigs, Sportsman gigs. There's a town ballroom thingy or other. I don't know. Um, I, they're all on the website. Uh, personally, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to present the final product of my last set of work. Um, as we were talking about social media and streaming has ruined music. Um, and so I need to make a product that's um, beneficial for the community, but also beneficial financially. It doesn't make sense for me to spend money to make a record that will never recoup the amount of money that I went into making it. Like, it's just stupid. Um, so if the end product of my songwriting isn't a recording of the song, then what is it? So I'm trying to do an event, I think, in March-ish. Um, and I'm trying to put together some artists, um, have it cross, like you have visual artists and poets and all kinds of stuff. Um, try to make a little event and talk about better days, be about healing the community. So work with a few nonprofits to kind of have like a thing. Beautiful. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently working on, you know, I've been calling it an EP. Um, I'm kind of in that same similar mindset of, of trying to figure out, okay. Um, you know, we've, we're so used to when we all grew up as musicians, we all heard like you get, you know, record deal, this, that you make albums, yada, yada. That's all long, long, long gone. Mm -hmm. And, but we're still kind of in this mindset of, of, you know, we have to sort of find some way to package our music to share it. And, um, 
you know, I've also just been focusing this time around on rather than let me just make a CD and put it out there, let me make music videos and, and everything was tracked live and filmed. And now I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I best release that? I don't want to just be like, bam, this has been dropped. All right, internet, check it out. And let like the three bots and four friends who actually see my content. Not that people don't care. It's just the, the way the algorithms are. Um, you know, I, I don't want to just like throw things out. I, I might as well piss into the wind at that point and hope it doesn't land on my shoe. Um, I'm just trying to figure out like, <laughs> so is that, is that how that we, phrase goes? We, okay. we will not unpack that one. We'll just let it go. <laughs> we'll just let that one just go. Let, just let Shamil keep going. Just, just <laughs> shit. He'll, he'll yeah. get to the point eventually. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm still struggling with the thought of okay like I don't want to just do a release show, but I feel like I have to have some sort of event, and I'm like, do I, you know, find some place like a non-traditional venue, you know, because you know we all just do shows regularly. That's already a part of what we do, and um, me going out of playing a show. Um, and having some new music videos isn't much more special than me just having another show, right. you know, cause at the end of the day, you're still going to go and hang out at the bar with your friends, listen to me, play guitar and drink your beer. You know, you're not thinking about what's what other stuff that I've produced. Um, so I'm just trying to find a way to, you know, package that and deliver it to people in an interesting way and have some sort of fun event. You know, do, do I go and collaborate with, you know, a mom and pop store and do like a pop-up event or should I find some weird location and, you know, throw my own little show in some place unusual, you know, kind of like infringement festival used to be back in the day. Like, you know, do I find some permission or do I just say, Hey, we're all meeting here and hopefully the cops don't like arrest us for playing music here. I don't know. I, I haven't completely figured that out yet, but I want to do something it, 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 interesting and exciting, something to give people a reason to to want to do something yeah i mean for, for my engagement with music i've never had anything resembling commercial success and i do not think that's going to change um and i and i don't feel bad about that either because those really weren't my my ambitions with it um i'm just looking to get a band together uh maybe play a few shows out keep doing the writing and have a body work where maybe I can pass off bits and snippets to other artists and they can maybe get something from it. Hell yeah. Yeah. And if you're watching at home and you've actually made it this far in the episode and haven't <laughs> gone off to go play Candy Crush or something, uh, comment below about what you and your band is trying to do. And, and maybe someone else who isn't paying Candy Crush right now uh, will see your comment too. No, I think performance art, like getting our mindset that like we're performance artists, that it's an event that's happening in a room that won't happen at another point or time. Yeah. And that that's what makes it special. Like you don't think, Oh, the comedian does the same bit every place he goes. Uh, yeah. It's the same bit, but it's a little bit different right. each room that they're in. So I think creating music and art that 
you know, a community can come around and just get in your mind. It's not a recording of it. The comedy record isn't like the end goal of having a hit comedy record. The end goal is that you make people laugh. So I think it's about the experience. Yeah. Like, I think if we can get around making experiences, um, I think we can figure this thing out. So I think, I think we're getting towards, towards time here. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to take to the end of the. Uh, That's all I can do. Uh. I don't want to have to pay money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we have no more funding. (laughs) To the end. That's it. (laughs) I just wanted to uh, to take a second to uh, personally thank each and every guest who made time to come on this program over the past few years. Um, I learned so much from our conversations, and for, for the people who've had the chance to see our episodes, I know. They learned a lot too. So if you were on the show at any point, keep doing what you're doing. You are essential and you are invited. Um, And thanks music is art for, you know, giving this uh, leaky dinghy a chance to float for a bit. Um, You know, y'all took a chance on this uh, wild idea of ours. Even when it like, it was like, what, what are they doing? You know, you guys kind of supported us. So thank you for that. Yes. I mean, it's been interesting to watch. I think from just from an audience side, like being able to see the production change and get better, um, to see your interviewing grow and get better. You all are much better interviewers than when you started. Yeah. So like, it's hard to watch that first episode. (laughs) the, The growth and development is obviously there. And I hope that these skills will follow you in many other places. I'm sure they will. I think they will. And, and definitely the experiences. I mean, I met a lot of people through this podcast that, you know, I don't know how I would have met otherwise. And, you know, at least for me, it definitely made me feel closer to my neighbors. Um, it definitely made me feel closer to both of you. And, um, you know, made me feel like I can do some halfway decent production that now I can apply to my music because, you know, video content's not going away just yet. And, you know, audio is still important and I'm still making music. And so, um, now I'm going to just apply these skills elsewhere. I mean, it, good skills. It's been, yeah. it's been really, it's been really great. And, uh, one more thanks. Um, you know, uh, thank you, Mike, to, uh, you and your church for also hosting us today. Oh, yeah. If you want to plug yes. them real quick. Uh, this is the house of grace. There's three different communities within the building. Uh, my mom has a church on Saturday nights I, at 6.30. Look at that. Um, there's a, another church on Sunday. It's a vineyard church. I do not know what time they start. I don't go to that church. And then there is also um, a Sudanese church. So uh, so they're all different congregations, but they're all using the same building. So Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, community. It's not an old-fashioned idea. And we could somehow make it new fashion. In fact, it's going to be cutting edge pretty soon. (laughs) Actually, ironically, it's like the 80s. You know, everything's cool and new again. (laughs) Everything's cool and new again. All right. So should we do absolute uh, final words, poetic statements? I have nothing poetic left in this empty brain of mine. I don't have poetry, but I I, I got some word salad. Oh, go. I want to hear it. I, I love some salad. All right. So... Uh, stuff, stuff is pretty, pretty rough right now, but you know what? There's, 
we're, we're all in the roughness together. We're all being sanded down collectively, and we're going to be, you know, polished bedposts or something soon enough. There's so, there's so much beautiful art and music happening in the city of Buffalo. Um, as much as there is, you know, violence and neglect and bad news and despair on the horizon, there seems to be some irreducible light at, at the center of everything. So if you if you have a feeling down, if you have a feeling like you're, you're trapped in the house and you can't get out, go check out a show. Go talk to somebody you haven't talked to before and, you know, see if that don't make a difference. You just got to take it one day at a time. Just go to a show. There's so yeah. many shows. There's so many shows. So many fun shows. And, and they are healing. Like, even when I don't want to go to a show and I don't want to leave the house, if I go to a show, I always end up having a good time. Mm -hmm. So Hell yeah. I agree. Do yeah. it. Go to a show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything you have to say? Nope. I'm Michael Farrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Mike Shamil. I'm Devin Mullen. And this was the Eighth Note Sessions. Thank Bye. you for watching. Is there aught we hold in common with the greedy parasite who will last us in the earth and crush us with his might? Is there anything left to us but to organize and fight while the union makes us strong? This final episode of the 8th Note Sessions was hosted by Michael Farrow, Devin Mullen, and Michael Shamil. It was filmed by Michael Shamil and Brittany Cedar. The intro and outro songs were performed by Billy Bragg. Our intro video was produced by James Carrero. Also, thank you to the Grace Community Church for hosting us. Our executive director was Tracy Fletcher, and our program director was Sarah Elizabeth. Thank you all so much for listening.